0: Okay, so I'm getting bored of just talking about my life every week. It's getting to be a bit of a chore. So I figured I'm gonna do something a bit different this time around. Bear with me. Her short, blonde hair fell nicely over the edge of the gas mask that covered the lower half of her face. It wasn't uncomfortable, at least not a lot. She'd tried to fit glasses over it to cover her eyes. It hadn't worked. It hadn't looked good either. Oh well. A white lab coat hung loosely around her shoulders. A little too big, but not noticeably. The clothes she wore underneath were boyish and all black. Not purposefully, but it worked. She liked the way it looked. It held a sense of seriousness, of authority. But at the same time, it represented the inherent silliness of dressing up to conceal your identity. She was ready. She felt ready. So then why were her hands still shaking? She'd met Reaper before, a threatening presence, but still just a man underneath a mask. And he wanted her help. He needed her to give him superpowers. Strange, she thought, how things could change. A few months ago, anyone who would have told her she'd be working on a serum to give people superpowers would have gotten laughed at. Today that was reality. She sighed and tried to relax. She still had to get there first. She took off the mask and lab coat. She couldn't walk to her car like this, after all. Did it count as stealing if the car belonged to someone who cared for you, who then died at the hands of someone you once thought you loved? She didn't like to think so. She was no thief. She bought from thieves, but she didn't steal herself. For most, this would be an arbitrary distinction. For her, exactly these kinds of distinctions had become increasingly important lately. She drove her not stolen car to the warehouse. Of course it was a warehouse, it wasn't a cliché for no good reason. It was completely empty, with her disguise in place and her small suitcase in hand, she felt dwarfed by the large, abandoned structure, more nervous than before, but no more nervous than she was the first time she'd met strange criminals in a warehouse. She was overcome by the feeling that it wouldn't be her last strange warehouse either. It was only a front anyway, the real hideout was underground. Just like she was told, she knocked the secret rhythm at the door. It wasn't the safest system, but she wasn't about to complain. She half expected Reaper to be the one to open the door. She didn't know why, but looking back, she also didn't know why that expectation would have been silly. He's no royalty, he could have opened his own door. The man who did open it, in the first instance, reminded her of her former roommate, Martin. Slender, casually dressed, pale with the posture of someone who sits at a lot of desks. Or at one specific desk for a very long time. But he had black hair and dark eyes and, really, he looked nothing like Martin. It was just the way he carried himself that identified him as Martin's kin. She knew instantly that this was Peratron, Reaper's hacker. His eyes had a tired quality that Martin's eyes had been missing, a trait of a man who stared down computer screens with a passion. His expression was interested, though he had a neutral air around him. "'You're her—her,' her, he said. "M." She had a feeling he'd been about to say him. She smiled, even though he couldn't see. "'That's what everyone's saying,' she said. She felt awkward. She was awkward. God, this was so bizarre. It didn't matter. He bit her inside, and he walked her down a flight of stairs. It was dry, and the only lights were lamps fixed to the left wall in two-meter gaps. She'd have been scared, but Peritron asked her questions. "'Sorry to ask, but you're transsexual?' The answer to that question would be the first lie of many that day. It was good practice.' "'Yep. You know, just never felt right.' He asked a bit more, but it soon became obvious that it wasn't a big deal and she wouldn't be going into a lot of detail. He lost interest in her soon after they reached the rooms they were heading towards. But that was okay. He'd been nice, and it was clear big groups and a lot of conversation were not in his interests. The room they came to was much homier than she'd expected.' Well lit with a couch, carpet and beanbag, small TV, a desk with a few chairs, a second desk in a corner packed full of electronic equipment and computers, which Peratron was quick to slump in front of, his eyes from one second to the next no longer tired at all, darting over the screens as he typed, and an adjointed kitchen. Sparingly decorated, but for an underground hideout it was surprisingly mundane. The interesting part were the people there anyway. The room had a high ceiling, and turning slightly to her right she realized why that was quite important. A mountain of a man sat on the sofa, attentive eyes pinned on her. He had deep scars that disfigured him completely, pulling his skin in unflattering ways. His face may have once been handsome, but it was made hard to appreciate by the two scars that framed it, one running horizontally over his upper lip, the other starting at his hairline, and dragging all the way down the left side of his face over his neck and disappearing beneath the neckline of his improvised shirt. His hair was neatly tied back, and his expression was neutral, edging on curious, but she only noticed so much later. His disfigurement was distracting, to a point where your face would scrunch up, just thinking of the pain that must have been inflicted along with these scars. Mangler maniac. His appearances in the news most certainly never did him justice, in more ways than one. It was Reaper getting up to greet her that finally snapped her out of her trance. Em, welcome to our humble hideout, he said. This is mostly Mangler's place. He just lets Paratron keep his spare computer in here, and we use it for, well, things like this. After just having seen Mangler Maniac in person for the first time, Reaper did not seem like a hawk anymore. And if he was, in comparison to him, Mangler was a vulture. But the vulture remained still, watchful, and she stayed conscious. She brought out a somewhat strangled... cool... Reaper, who must have been aware of her discomfort, as well as its origins, continued with a tone in his voice that betrayed his smile, despite him being the first of this team to be wearing a mask. His mask, of course. Blank white, with that vertical crack. Sorry for the lack of hospitality, but Paratron usually keeps to himself and, well, Mangler doesn't trust easily. Reaper went to sit down at the table past the couch that Mangler still sat on, watching her as she hesitantly followed. In an effort to not seem rude and distract from her beating heart, she lifted her hand in a shy greeting and said, Hello? To her complete astonishment, Mangler in turn raised the corner of his mouth in what was surely meant to be a grin and lifted his hand as well, grunting. His hand was huge, thick fingers, scarred, mangled. Her focus swept around the room again, past Peratron, who still, with a fire in his eyes, typed away at his computer back to Reaper, who had prepared a chair for her to sit. Feeling oddly welcome, she propped her suitcase on the table. "'So, the serum. What'd it do?' she asked, getting to the main reason she was here. She was curious what powers he'd gotten, what it had been like. She wondered if she had potential for powers then, but she had no time for thoughts like that. Reaper hesitated for just a moment, like he was checking if it was okay to let down his guard. The change was instant. ''Okay, it worked really good. It was amazing. At first nothing happened, I just felt a little lightheaded. It took about thirty minutes to take effect, But then...'' ''Omar M. It actually worked. I didn't think it would work this early. I'm really glad I helped you out.'' Without knowing it, he'd just given her very valuable information. But she had to stay focused on the subject at hand. So she said, ''Well, I try. I've got big plans. So what's the power, and what went wrong?'' She started preparing to take Reaper's blood. She needed something for her hands to do. No matter the conversation, subconsciously she couldn't forget where she was. With whom she was. She wished she could have seen Reaper's face. He sounded like he was really excited, but that clashed with his appearance, with how the mask changed his voice, with the setting and the subject. It clashed with everything, and her brain couldn't take much more dissonance. Or so she thought. Turns out after half an hour you get used to it. It's super speed. She couldn't help to be amazed. Martin had actually done it. He'd actually given someone a superpower. It was weird. My muscles started reacting to my thoughts way faster, moving faster, and eventually I started thinking faster along with it. It was all good for a while. I could get from A to B ten times faster. I mean, I didn't measure it or anything. We didn't have the tech. But I could cross this room in, like, a second. At this point, her jaw would have hit the floor if she hadn't been wearing a mask. She had to remind herself that she had wanted to take notes. That's... that's way better than I expected. She scribbled some things down. Things she thought would be useful. Yes, I'd hoped it would last until this weekend, but it eventually wore off. I got slower, and... then it stopped. It was clear he wasn't done, but he paused. She finished her notes, almost glad for the break, but she wasn't that slow a writer. So, she asked, "'What else?' Well, there were side effects. He stopped there, and so she waited a moment. When he didn't continue, she said, You're going to have to be a bit more specific here. At that point, there was an odd sound behind her, and she looked back to see Mangler, who'd followed the conversation. Well, if she had to guess, she'd say he was chuckling. Reaper turned to him as well, in what she could only assume was a glare. Mangler just grinned back. Of course this hulking figure was not afraid of Reaper as she probably would have been. Turning back to her, he finally said, I'm just trying to figure out the best way to put it. She raised an eyebrow. Until then, she'd wished she'd had a full mask like Reaper, but just then she realized the potential facial expressions truly had, and once again wished she could see Reapers. He was harder to read this way. Which was probably on purpose. Was he uncomfortable? Maybe confused? Sometimes, especially towards the end, I would, well, lag. I'd think a movement and I'd do it, but a few seconds too late. I also got really bad cramps once. I'm not 100% sure that was related, though. Again, Mangler chuckled, and this time, to her shock, Reaper threw a mug that had been standing on the table at the other villain. It shattered against his skull and she jumped, but the Colossus was unimpressed. He didn't even bother trying to block or dodge it. She studied Reaper. Was he angry? Embarrassed? Why? This certainly wasn't a regular occasion. Paratron must have been startled as well. He ceased his typing for almost thirty seconds. There was something she was missing there. But Mangler just grinned mischievously, never saying a word, and reached for a nearby lying book that he promptly began to leaf through, looking for a specific page. There was silence in the room, only interrupted by Paratron's typing, while Mangler found the page he was looking for and began to read. A nervous laugh escaped her. So... that doesn't... I mean, I'll see what I can do about that. May I? She had the syringe prepared. Reaper, who'd put his face in his hand that was resting on the table in an attempt to twist away from the peacefully-reading giant, perked up as she held up said scientific tool. Of course. Reaper rolled up his sleeve. She would say he did it enthusiastically. It was interesting to see his arm. It was muscled, but not to an extreme, and a bit tan. She didn't know what she'd expected, a pale, veiny one, or an arm covered in tattoos. She took his blood quietly. It wasn't a total awkward silence, but there was just something about taking blood that made conversation uncomfortable. She was finishing up, as she murmured mostly to herself, a full physical would have been even better. Unfortunately, she'd grown too accustomed to being alone, talking to herself. Reaper's tone of voice seemed startled. Maybe he'd been lost in thought? What? She quickly tried to fix this. Oh, nothing, just… it's nothing. To her surprise, Reaper got up from his chair cartoonishly responsibly, still holding the small wound in his arm shut. No, if you say it'll help, we'll see what we can do. Let me talk to Paratron for a second. And without further remark, he headed back to Paratron. She was glad he was gone, because she was flushing. She couldn't perform a full physical on Reaper. Not only did she not know how, the only thing she did know besides the profits a study could gain from one, was that it may include shirtlessness. Mostly to distract herself, she turned to Mangler, who was still reading. "'Hey!' she whispered. He looked up from his book. She couldn't tell what book it was, he had it wrapped in a book cover. "'What was that all about earlier?' She pointed to Reaper behind her, who was too distracted talking to Peratron. At first, Mangler seemed skeptic. He hesitated, considering what he could tell her and what he would not. Then he seemed to give it some more thought finally his grin returned and with his hands he clumsily motioned someone walking two fingers strolling on his other hand then all of a sudden the walking motion went rigid and fell forward rapidly flat onto the ground the two hands colliding made a quiet slapping sound she had to try very hard not to laugh as reaper returned two seconds later mangler seamlessly resuming his reading Only a slight smirk in her direction gave their exchange away, but Reaper was focused on her. "'I'll have full physical results sent to you by next week. What's so funny?' She controlled her facial features. "'Oh, nothing, just thought of something funny.' "'That's perfect! I'll have this fixed up in no time!' She realized too late that she had no this to point to since the actual serum wasn't around, but Reaper got her meaning anyway. The business part of the interaction done, they'd reached a much more difficult crossroads. Leave? Or hang? Honestly, she couldn't tell you how it landed on hang either. She'd guess she just flip-flopped from not wanting to be rude by leaving, to not even knowing if she didn't still want to stay, she kind of stayed for the next hour by accident. Peritron finished whatever he was doing and made tea. He offered her some, but she hesitated. Reaper noticed her concern and said it was okay if she didn't want to take off her mask, that he wouldn't either. Then she asked why it was that Reaper had a mask and the others didn't, and that started a conversation, so she'd guessed that's how it happened. In all that, she completely forgot to ask about Stargirl, but another question she had had was answered, which was, what happened to Mangler? Yes, one of those questions you couldn't just ask someone, but she managed to go there and no one was offended or angry. At least not at her, because the answer to how Mangler got his peculiar appearance is Innie. Thank you for listening to Normally Ordinary. Today you heard the voice of Esther Reisenberger as Amelia Travis. If you like and want to support this show, please rate and review it anywhere you can and spread the word among your friends. And remember, behind every mask is someone who can't think of any more of these.